Welcome to the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast with me, Angeline Trevina. And me, HB Line. Join us as we talk all things world building. Get tips and advice for creating rich and immersive worlds for your stories. Whether you're an aspiring author or wanting to level up your world building for future books. We'll be digging deep into our own experiences and sharing what we've learned along the way to publishing over 15 books between us in five years. So get comfy and grab a cuppa. Let's get world building. episode we went right back to the start and talked about the essentials for starting off a brand new world so I hope that you found some useful stuff in all that. Today we're breaking away from the stereotype the solitary author hunched over the manuscript and we're getting out in the real world. Wait there's a real world? There really is. Oh I thought it was just legends. So absolutely today we are talking about all the things that for a lot of writers is more terrifying than their hard drive eating their latest manuscript. Well, almost. We are talking about real life events, literary conventions, book festivals, book signings and the horror public readings. So, Holly, are these sort of events something that strikes fear into your heart? Well, yes and no. I am a classic introvert and I not only need time to recharge after social events, but I also get anxious about new situations. But I do really enjoy challenging myself and connecting with people. So I toyed with the idea of getting a table at a convention before, but always decided not to do it due to the costs and the overwhelm of going into a new situation like that. So how about you? Well, I'm a bit of an odd one, really, unsurprisingly. You know, like all those online personality tests. With them, I always come out bang on 50-50 between introvert and extrovert, which, as I understand it, makes me an omnivert. But it goes further than that. I really am an odd little mix. So I don't mind telling you that I have anxiety. Sometimes I have panic attacks over simply leaving the house. Other times I'm desperate to get out and find new people to meet. I am weird, I know. You see, I practically grew up on the stage. And almost from the moment that I could speak, I said I was going to be an actress who sings. So, yeah, I've been performing music and theatre since I was very young. I took drama in school right up to university, so I have a drama degree. I took dance lessons, theatre lessons, singing lessons, and jumped at the opportunity to be in the limelight. But I also have crippling stage fright, and that's never left me. I'm still like that now. But one thing drama gave me was a million coping strategies. I die inside, even if it's just like introducing myself in a group of people, but no one would ever know it. I present as confident, extroverted, loud, but inside my anxiety is like breathing rapidly into a paper bag. So 
Actually, I love these events. I love running workshops and being on panels. I love meeting readers. I love networking, even though I'm terrified inside. And sometimes I might need a timeout or I might freak out over something stupidly small and insignificant. And I might act bizarrely in a way that no one really understands. And that's just my anxiety waving hello. <laughs> so tell us about the first literature events you attended or were involved in. So while I was at university, I came to a realisation that I actually didn't want to be on stage. My degree is actually a joint degree in drama and writing, and I realised that I was loving the writing side far more than the drama side. I did some soul searching because this basically meant abandoning my whole purpose in life up to that moment. And I realised that I didn't want to be on stage speaking someone else's words. I wanted to sit at the back of a dark auditorium watching other people speak mine. So my publishing journey actually began in poetry and I went to a few open mic nights, which we'd also done at university. But my first big event was the Budley Salterton Literature Festival down in my home county of Devon. They had a stage set up on the beach, which was pretty cool. And I read some poetry and it was terrifying and exhilarating in equal measure. And this was back in 2010. After that, my next one was 2014. I had a short story in an anthology that was being launched at Edgelit, which is a writing convention in Derby, and I was offered the chance to attend the launch and read from my story. So I said yes before I had a chance to overthink it and talk myself out of it. My in-laws actually lived near Derby, so logistically it was really easy, and that event really was like the start of a whole new life for me, which I will talk more about later. And what are the benefits of these events? What have you got out of them? So, like I said, I had my first ever trip to Edge Lit in Derby, and I'm not exaggerating, it really was the start of something entirely new. I met a lot of other writers there, and it was the first time I met face-to-face -face and got to know other authors who were in this for more than a hobby, like actual career authors. And the connections I made that day were the first stepping stone for me. No, I was in. So the following year, I was involved in another book launch there. And the number of people I connected with grew even more. And I've been going ever since. It runs twice a year now with Edgelit in the summer and Sledgelit, the little sister event, each November. And I'm often involved in some way, either book launches, running workshops, speaking on panel discussions, and it's led to other opportunities too. So in February this year, I actually hosted my own event. It started out as an idea for a small sci-fi fantasy author event at my local library. And it grew to proportions I never imagined it could, becoming an entire convention with tabletop gaming, crafts, merch sales, and a movie actor special guest. It was amazing. And honestly, that would not have happened without the network that I'd spent years building up. I had people to call on and it made all of this a huge success. 
And that network is constantly growing. And most of my biggest opportunities have come from my network of authors, publishers and editors. Some of my best friends are in that group because we just get each other. And they're such an important part of my life now. That's so encouraging. So I said before that I had backed down from doing events before, but last year I was working on my goals and I decided to bite the bullet and set myself the goal of doing my first ever in-person event. So it was sort of serendipitous when you invited me to have a table at your event. Um, I jumped at it because it wasn't too scary. It wasn't a massive event. You know, like Comic Con at the other end of the country, and I knew the organizer. You, <laughs> so so yeah, I was able to tick that goal off my goal list in February, and in just a few days, um, I'm going to be going to my first edge lit. Yes, that's right. On July the 13th, Holly and I will be heading to edge lit in Derby together, and it's going to be really fun for one thing but it's also going to be really interesting because I am something of an edgelit veteran and I know loads of the usual crowd there so it's going to be really eye-opening for me to take an edgelit virgin because I will get to kind of see it with fresh eyes all over again and the day after the very next day while we're still exhausted, we will be recording a special episode while we're still on that convention buzz. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating to get the lowdown on a live event and see how it differs for a newbie and a seasoned edge litter. So Holly, this being your first edge lit, let me give you my top five tips for surviving a writing convention. You can also find a blog post detailing these tips on our website at greatwesternwoods.com. So tip number one is to go to the event with an objective. So you want to know beforehand what you want to get out of that event. Do you want to fill your day with workshops, with going to panel discussions, Or do you want to do more networking? Set a goal before you go. Perhaps you want to learn a new skill or practice a part of writing that isn't your strong point. Or maybe you want to connect with some publishers or agents. If you go with a clear objective, then you can choose your activities to get what you want out of the day. So that leads nicely onto my second tip which is to plan your itinerary. So most conventions will publish a programme of events and you can usually get it from their website beforehand or at the very least, you'll get a programme when you first arrive at the event. So study it, decide what you want to go to, get signed up to the workshops that you want, place yourself where you need to be to hit your objective for the event. Tip number three, take a friend. So the first time I went to Edge Lit, I went alone and I was terrified. That's where you're lucky, Holly, because you have me and (laughs) I am amazing. Of course, we all know. (laughs) (laughs) 
But seriously, if you're nervous, bring a friend along, a wingman or woman. It just helps to boost your confidence a little, but still keep that objective in mind. You need to go to the event for you and get what you want out of it. Don't let your friend dictate what you do. It is okay to split up and do different things once you've found your feet. Tip number four, take a break. Okay, so these events are tiring and they are overwhelming, especially for us introverts. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of information and generally a really packed schedule that leaves little room for breathing. You can get quite dizzy going from panel to workshop to panel to book launch to workshop all day. So don't worry if you need a break from it. Go for coffee, get out of the building if you need to, go and clear your head and you will come back so much more refreshed. You won't get much out of the event if you're feeling overwhelmed or panicky. So finally, tip number five is to start small with networking. I will tell you one thing about these places. Everyone you meet will be lovely. Edgelit is in particular, an amazingly friendly event. And always bear in mind that everyone there, they're there for a similar reason. So you don't need to worry about making awkward small talk with someone until you find something in common. You already know what you have in common. You love writing and books. And if you are at a genre-specific event like Edge Lit is, you already have even more in common with everyone around you. There's no requirement that you walk into a packed room and befriend everyone in it. Say hello to the person sat next to you in a workshop or speak to a small publisher while no one's at their stool. Go and look at their books and just say hello. That's where all conversations start. And believe me, that one conversation could take you to amazing places. If the event you're going to is local to you, which is a great place to start off. You can go every year and each year you'll know more and more people, even if you only make one or two more connections each time. So Holly, how are you feeling about going to your very first Edge Lit? I'm really looking forward to it. I was nodding along to everything you said there. Mm. Um, I think the networking opportunities are going to be amazing. And well, one of the guests is the guy who wrote Ghostwatch. So for listeners who heard our ghost stories episode, it will come as no surprise to know that that's what I'm most looking forward to. So on to our cool things. I was listening to a recent episode of the Creative Pen podcast on artificial intelligence and how it may change things for indie authors and publishing in general. Joanna Penn talked about how the traditional publishing model won't be allowed to continue due to how wasteful it is. And that's actually part of why I'm indie. I have a big problem with the overproduction and pulp business model. One potential solution that she suggested if trad publishing embraces new technology is for bookstores to implement augmented reality technology so that customers would walk into a bookshop that carries a small stock and browse books using an app on their phone or special AR glasses with an AI that gives the reader recommendations for books that aren't necessarily there in the store. 
So like the new generation of games where you hold up your phone and the camera picks up what's in front of you and the app superimposes things for you to catch or fight, book buyers would choose their books this way and then orders would be printed on demand at a local micro printing hub. I really liked that idea and thought it was very cool. I think that is a very cool idea. Um, I would like bookshops like that. Um, I Yeah, I, I love that episode as well. And we will link to that in the show notes on our website. So my husband, who also happens to be our podcast editor, so he has access to our show scripts, he decided to write that he was my cool thing for this week. <laughs> So he's now not my cool thing. And in fact, when I was changing this, he was threatening to edit this bit of speech out of the podcast after we've recorded it. So that means he has officially lost all cool thing status forever. So there. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, my cool thing is that at the end of last month, we did our very first live world building chat on Discord. And it was great, wasn't it, Holly? It was fantastic. It was so cool. Um, So it's our very own chat room where once a month we will be there with a bunch of you guys and we will answer questions, we'll brainstorm together and we'll basically just nerd out over all things world building and it it is pretty fun so if you want to join in on our monthly chats you can find the sign up link at our website greatwesternwoods.com so that wraps up our episode on all those scary live events and so now it's time for our would you rather question so holly Would you rather live one life of 1,000 years or 10 lives of 100 years each? The latter. Definitely. No hesitation on that. I think living 1,000 years, assuming that you were the only one living that Mm. length of time, I think watching everyone that you care about die (laughs) um, while you go on would be horrific um even though it would be interesting to see the you know changes through time I don't think that makes up for the tragedy that you'd have to endure so 10 lives of 100 years each yes I think that would be that would be cool that would be interesting it would definitely be super cool if you remembered each yes yes that would make it very very cool wouldn't it yeah (laughs) So you could continue growing as a person and, yeah, seeing the sort of changes in society and everything, that that would be cool. And each life would be like a fresh start where you could try something different. Yes. I think that would be cool. Almost like Groundhog Day, but over a few <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd choose that as well because, quite frankly, when it comes down to it, I don't think I could live with myself for a thousand years. <laughs> Oh, God, just imagine that. (laughs) I can barely put up with myself for one lifetime, let alone a thousand. (laughs) Okay, so that wraps up today. Join us next time for our post-edgelit analysis.
listening to this episode of the Great Western Woods World Building Podcast. We will be back in two weeks with more world building tips and tricks. You can find us in all the usual places. We're on Instagram at Great Western Woods Podcast, all one word. And the show notes and whatnot are on our website, greatwesternwoods.com. Thank you.